Welcome back to Lockdown Universe, some of the bizarre, peculiar, and unheard of stories of UFO legend and lore. And today we're going to talk about the Virginia Incident, which occurred in Brazil in a town called Virginia. I'm sure I'm killing that word, but uh, I'm doing my best. Um, it, uh, it was an incident that took place in 1996. I've heard about this case since I started researching ufology. Um, and it's a really interesting one because it involves three witnesses, um, on site with one alien as well as multiple other witnesses at different sites seeing another alien of the same species and then individuals at a hospital reportedly working on a dying alien and then also military, uh, involved in picking up an alien that was laying, dying on the side of the road. So we have kind of a, you know, a lot of pieces of the puzzle to put together, but we can kind of do a little overview and I can kind of give you the general gist of the story without going too long here. So basically what happened was, um, in 1996, there was three sisters there are two sisters, I apologize, two sisters and one friend. Uh, they they ranged in age from 14 to 22 years old. The sisters were Lilane and Valkyria Fatima Silva and their friend Katia Andrade Xavier. They reportedly saw a creature on the afternoon of January 20th, 1996. They saw a creature that was five feet tall, that had a large head, thin body, V-shaped feet, which is interesting, V-shaped feet, kind of meaning like two-toed feet, right? Brown skin, which is very rare, and large red eyes and three horn protrusions, two to three horn protrusions. So they had, he had a horn on one side, horn on another side, and then a horn in the front. They were kind of, not so much horns, but kind of like these like protrusions out of the head. Kind of like if you see somebody who has like those implantations, like the horn implantations in their head, but they're not actually sticking out of the skin. It was kind of similar to that. It was kind of like raised hornish type uh, pieces coming off at the top of the head. But what's really interesting is this is a totally different alien than what most aliens we report about or at least hear about. You know, this, this creature was about five feet tall. Most of our... Aliens that we hear about are about three feet tall, or they're like humongous, like seven feet to like 12 feet to 14 feet tall. So um, this is a really interesting one. Five foot tall, very thin body, large head, V-shaped feet. We really don't hear about V-shaped feet, right? Really don't hear about feet too much at all, really. Um, If we do, they have like, you know, normal amount of toes, you know, four toes or five toes. Um, but this one had like a V-shaped foot and brown skin. We really don't hear about brown-skinned aliens too much. We hear about reptilians, and they typically have like scaly skin. But this is like brown skin. And at first when I heard this story, I thought, oh, it's just like a, maybe it's like a baby reptilian, you know, or, you know, an immature reptilian that had like, you know, had gotten into a crash and then, kind of ran away from the crash trying to find help. But but that's not what this is, and I don't believe that's what this is. I think this is a totally different alien species 
that crashed in Brazil <clears throat> on January 20th, 1996, or shortly before that, and a few of these creatures escaped the crash, um, or they escaped some government, military, you know, uh, individuals who they believed were going to do them harm, and they were trying to just make a run for it. And <clears throat> that's what apparently reportedly happened here, according to these three women, girls, um, that the individual that they saw seemed to be wobbly or unsteady, and the girls assumed that it was injured or sick. They stated that it fled, and then they ran to go tell their mother that they had seen the devil. Well, imagine what the devil looks like. What does it look like? looks like it's got red eyes, horns, brownish or, you know, greenish skin, you know, like hoof-like feet. So basically, they're saying this thing looked like the devil, and that's what they saw. And, you know, everybody knows what the devil looks like. You know, I mean, especially in Brazil, you know, you know, mostly Catholic or Christian upbringing. And that's, that's, it's very prevalent to know what the devil looks like. So that's why I find this particular case so interesting is that it's just a, a very different type of, of alien that we really haven't heard about before. Now, <clears throat> when they went to go tell their mother, they brought their mother back to the location where they saw saw it because she didn't believe them, and they picked up a very strong ammonia-like odor, ammonia. And <clears throat> what we typically hear about with, like, the reptilians uh, is, like, a sulfa, sulfur-like um, odor. But with this one, it's ammonia. So it's it, two completely distinct and separate smells. So this brown alien had an ammonia-like odor, and reptilians kind of have that sulfur-based odor. So... <clears throat> completely different, which is another reason why it leads me to believe it's not a reptilian or a, or a um, adolescent reptilian. And they did find footprints, um, the V-shaped footprints of this creature. Um, so it's January. I'm not sure in Brazil if January is a snowy month or if they even get snow in Brazil, but they, they found... Uh, footprints of this thing and a dog sniffing all over the place trying to find this thing apparently you know they have how they have like street dogs they typically you know trying to find their own food and they were sniffing around that area so as this tale started to beat to family and friends and the rumors spread through the city that a ufo crashed and any creatures were running amok uh, the military forces came in and two days later another creature was found lying on the side of the road Three military trucks supposedly came in to retrieve it, and and they did retrieve it. And apparently they took this thing to uh, a military hospital. There have been military whistleblowers, or at least the, the hospital whistleblowers, I should say, that stated that they worked on this thing, that this you know they wore their biohazard suits. They were trying to figure out what was wrong with the thing. They're trying to give it oxygen. They're trying to give it air. They're trying to check its you know, its vitals and, you know, blood pressure and all that kind of stuff. And they couldn't, they couldn't help this thing. You know, eventually it died and they reported that it just seemed like it had run out of air, you know, or whatever it was used to breathing. It just wasn't able to breathe anymore. So whether they were able to breathe their atmosphere or whether they had, you know, smashed their, you know, helmets that allowed them to breathe uh, upon impact, whatever the case was, they, they were, you know, this thing died for whatever reason, but they suspected it was because it just couldn't breathe the atmosphere. 
So <clears throat> we have whistleblowers that talked about this. We have doctors and nurses that talked about this. We have um, other techs that worked at the hospital that reported that they saw this thing coming in on a stretcher and they saw its its head and they saw it, you know, it covered by a sheet with the rest of its body being covered by a sheet and, um, and that he saw it getting pushed into the surgery room. Um, so, you know, we have all these whistleblowers that come forth because, you know, in Brazil, you know, it's a totally different, you know, environment politically and, and socially. And, and you know, the, the, the level of secrecy just isn't there. And, you know, and it's, it's, a, it's very much more familial. So a lot of these stories, they get out, they just get out. And um, it's really interesting because if you remember, one of my first podcasts, I talked about Jason Wagant. Um, Corporal Wagant, who uh, had a, uh, an experience in Peru. So we have these South American stories of these aliens and UFO crashes that seem to happen quite regularly, and his event took place uh, not much more than a year later. I think it was May 1997, so you had about a year and a half later after this. So could it have been the same creatures uh, that were in the crash? that he experienced in Peru may be looking for these creatures that had crashed in January. Um, <clears throat> there have been stories where uh, alien species have crashed. I did one not too long ago about uh, some uh, Nordic-like aliens that had crashed uh, on a reservation, and they waited it out for five months until they could get picked up by their, by their retrieval crew. So could it have been that this this other crash occurred because they were trying to pick up these other species. It's possible. It's, it's not the it's not the most unheard of thing in the world, especially since we've seen these aliens. So, one other thing about this story is that there was a third alien, and this third alien was reportedly seen by a local zoo uh, by their janitor, and that this thing was running through the zoo and kind of like bouncing around, bouncing back and forth, and jumped jumped over a gate. And in the following months, three animals mysteriously died, and they attributed it to this alien. I don't know as if that's necessarily the case, but that's the way they did it. So there were some UFO sightings as well uh, near this case at, at the same time. Uh, Oralina and Eurico de uh, Fritas uh, who were owners of a farm in the town, reportedly saw a UFO hovering over their cattle, and the woman was attracted by its sudden agitation in her animals and spotted the flying object as she went to check on what was disturbing them. She supposedly saw it hovering over their field for about 40 minutes. <clears throat> so what's really interesting about this, too, is that reportedly... The sisters and the friend who saw this thing got a visit. They got a visit by a limousine that had United States government plates. And reportedly, this agent came in, started asking them questions about the event, and asked them who they had talked to and whether or not you know they, they had spread the story. Um, and they offered them a lot of money, you know, over over a hundred thousand dollars from what. Uh, some reports state, and they said we can't, we can't take that. We already talked about it when we've talked about it with other people. They said we can't 
we can't lie. They stuck by their guns, and the agents agents left. And so it's it's really that's a really interesting part of the story because in the U.S. we don't really hear about people getting paid off. Um, we hear about them getting threatened. So I wonder if by going to another you know country, they felt that you know they'd have to pay them off as opposed to threatening them because they wanted to get along with their government or whatever. But I don't know. It's really interesting. It's really weird too because like you know having United States plates in Brazil, a totally different continent. Seems interesting too, right? Um, but yet, that's part of the story. That's part of the whole scenario. Um, there's been many art- articles written about this story as well. Um, uh, even the Wall Street Journal did an article on this, and they talked about um, it years later. This um, this one was done. Actually, this one was done in 1986. But there's other ones that were done um, more recently. But this one's really good because this actually took place um, only six months after the event. So um, they talked about Varginas. Uh, Virgin, uh, uh, has 120,000 inhabitants. So the population of 120,000, which is a pretty big city. You know, if we think about American cities, it's a pretty big city. You know, it's like a suburb-sized city. And they had um, plenty of information about this. They had um, stories about the military coming in. Um, they had questions about you know the oppressive dictatorship that ended in 1985, and the Brazilian military eliminated a lot of earthbound political enemies that were quote unquote disappearing them. So you had you know what could be. A concern about the military and how they handled aliens and alien crashes and alien technology, right? Because you had these, you know, in different countries, they have different ways of handling military operations. Some, they follow the rules by the Geneva Convention, and others, they just go their own way. Well, could you imagine if you're in like a third world country and you have a UFO crash and you want to just grab its technology and try to utilize it for your own good you know people are going to fight over that uh the government's going to fight over that you're going to have you know you're not going to know what you're dealing with in certain certain portions of different countries because they just don't have the knowledge base um they haven't retrieved a bunch of crash ships in the u.s it seems like we've retrieved a ton of crash ships i don't know why but that seems to be the story and we have you know we have them locked up in Area 51, S2, S4, and, you know, all over Groom Lake area. But um, in other countries, it might be a first-time thing. And, and how do they handle that situation? They have a lot of questions and not a lot of answers. So that's another interesting portion of the story. What's really cool is, though, is that they went on to make uh, a water tower that looks like a UFO to pay homage to this story and um it seems as though it's you know brought up a lot of you know uh, economic growth for their for their area um and they tell a lot of stories about it and it seems to be kind of like brazil's you know roswell so at least it's helping them out at least it's giving them something to work with um but what is this creature? You know, what were these creatures? What were they doing? You know, 
most creatures stay with their craft. In this case, you had three creatures in totally different areas of the city. Why would that be? They had to be on the run, right? They had to be on the run. Otherwise, you'd stick together. Why, you know, if you're in a military group, or if you crash your ship, you know, on a on a random planet, why would you split away from your your crew? It doesn't make any sense. So, there's some interesting theories we can talk about here. It could be that they were prisoners on a ship that crashed, and they took off. It could have been that they were prisoners in a base in Brazil and they broke out and took off. It could have been that they were part of a crew that crashed their own ship, but it still doesn't make sense why they would split up and and go to different parts of the city and be found in different parts of the city. That doesn't make sense to me. So who were these creatures? Why were they on the run? What was going on? Well, in one of my most recent podcasts, I talked about Corey Gooden, about how um, they had captured a reptilian, and they were transporting him. He was a VIP, quote-unquote, and he was utilizing you know, some of his telepathic, telekinetic properties to, to kill his captors. And so could it be that these, these aliens had certain powers that... Um, they knew that they were gonna, they could be captured, and if they were, um, they were gonna be put in prison, and they were just booking it. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I just, that's why I have a lot of questions about this case. I don't have a question about whether or not it happened. I have a question about what exactly was going on with these aliens and why they split up. That's really my main question. Um, and why did this one that the gir- the three girls saw seem like dazed and confused, was he sick? Was it the atmosphere that was getting him sick? Or had he, you know, had he been abused, uh, you know, with drugs in a base? Um, you know, what what is going on? What happened? And I know, you know, sometimes I talk about some, some interesting, maybe strange theories, but, you know, these, these aren't outside of the realm of possibility. So, just food for thought. Hopefully you guys are staying healthy, taking care of yourselves, taking care of your physical health, your mental health, spiritual health, focusing on your hobbies, your goals, and your dreams, and continuing to question the universe around you. I really want the best for you guys, and I hope you enjoyed tonight's uh, podcast, and I hope you guys continue to tune in. Um, I also have another channel as well, so take a look at that because I have other podcasts on there. Um, that are that some of them are different from this podcast. They're same topics, just it's just an additional channel that that helps me uh, helps me grow. So um, this one is Lockdown Universe. The other one is Lockdown Universe's Aliens. So just with aliens at the end, pretty straightforward. Um, I didn't want to split them up too much. So check that check out that uh, channel as well if you get a chance. Uh, just some extra episodes on there and. Uh, I'll probably be putting more podcasts on there as well as continuing a few on here. Um, But I wanted you guys to know that you can continue to follow up uh, for additional content on the Lockdown Universe's Aliens channel, which is on Spotify and, and anywhere you can find podcasts. 
but uh, I'll continue to, to uh, post episodes on here as well. So take care of yourselves and Lockdown Universe out.